Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. F- Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the co-hostess that helps patients with secondary hydrosis, the co-hostess that hands out all the right doses, the co-hostess that has a mustache worth the mostest, Dave Burles Berlin. That's right, ladies and gents. It's another Wednesday. Wednesday. That means I'm back. Yes. Yes. I'm back. Dave in the co-pilot seat. Dave, how are you, sir? Mm. He, he, he kept it warm for me. I'm doing good, man. Good. You know, good. We're uh, we're doing pretty healthy over here. Yes. You know, yes. no corona cases good. in the Berlin household. Good. Keep it um, that way. I did... I did get my first person that I know that who has it. Oh, so it's it's getting closer. Well, keep keep it out of your barrier. Six foot. D- I know. Six man. foot barrier. Six foot barrier. Dude, I'm doing twenty foot. Nice. Stay away from me. That's right. I like it. I like it, Dave. I've got two old man topics that I need to rant about. Um, and Perfect. and since you're the one that has to listen to them without opportunity to change the channel, so true. I'll give you the choice. I, I cannot the choice of topic. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Okay. Here's the two topics: Rebel UPS drivers hmm. or ridiculous earwax buildup. Ew. Which one do you want to hear about? Ooh. Um. I'm gonna say the Rebel UPS drivers. I've seen two things recently. I don't know if you're going to hit on them. Okay. One, my buddy works at, uh, I think he works at Baptist. He works at one of the hospitals downtown. Mm-hmm. And the UPS driver dropped something off mm-hmm. and then started playing the piano. And he said it was like beautiful Beethoven like melodies. Hidden talents. And, and then the other one was the guy, the bench pressing guy in the garage, which was pretty funny. He benched? Yeah, you didn't see the bench press? No. No. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, I'll, s- I'll send it to okay, you. Okay, I'll have to see this. Well, yes! okay. maybe it was FedEx, but it was It was, it was a delivery guys. service. It's understandable. Um, yeah. So, obviously, right now in America, UPS drivers, FedEx drivers, Amazon drivers, USPS drivers, mm-hmm. they're some of the hardest working folks out there, you know? That's right. I mean, sure. I see these folks going from, like, 7 a.m. to 10 p.m., literally. Like, they're just... And, like, I mean, I'll see just in my little teeny uh, suburb here, I will see, like... The UPS and FedEx go by at least 25 times a day. Jeez. At least. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, they're working around mm-hmm. the clock. Uh, so, so, so when the outbreak of COVID first started, obviously, all delivery services went to 100% no contact drop-off, right? Mm-hmm. It, I mean, and what I loved about that was it almost seemed... Like they were delivering delivering a grenade. Wait, what? Like when they would come to my house, they'd like they'd come and put the the package beside the door, and then they'd knock really mm-hmm. loud and fast and sort of like jog off, you know. And I was just like, what did they mm-hmm. put there? In in fairness, I didn't see them like plug their ears and duck behind a wall, so I was like ninety eight percent sure it wasn't a grenade. But <laughs> anyways, 
I got a lot of contact deliveries to my door, you know? And I was I was happy mm-hmm. about that because it's minimizing the risk of human contact. Good stuff. Good stuff. Right. So this week, this past week, I had two uh, packages delivered by UPS. Mm. And I don't want to call it out UPS, but it was just the people that were delivering the packages this time. No, n- Nothing against UPS. I like their brown shorts. Yes! Anyways. Um, <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah, exactly. They're nice. So true. So the first package was delivered. And, uh, you know, I was ready for the usual grenade protocol. I thought they were going to come up, throw it on the, the, the doorstep, knock, run off, right? And so I'm walking by the front door as the UPS driver is coming up to my door, you know? and in, Awkward. It, well, and instead of dropping the package, he's just holding it. And then he just knocks on the door as I'm staring at him. And, like, it really threw me off, right? Because I was waiting. Yeah, awkward. I was waiting for him to put it down. And I'm just staring there. My face must have looked like a baby's face when you play peekaboo with them. <laughs> like, oh, oh, what the ha- what happened? It was dark for a second, and then all of a sudden your face appeared. You crazy magician. What are you doing? You know? Like, yes! it was just so weird. And so then, like, I was confused. I was like, does he want me to answer the door? Girl, come on. Did, am I supposed to answer? And so like, so then like finally I'm like, okay, I guess I guess like I need to sign for something, you know? I, I guess something super important. <laughs> so like I open the door and he immediately just invades my six foot virus wall. Like he just jumps right up oh, beside me, no. like, hey, here you go, and literally like just comes up all in my in my space, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> This man has no... Did he hand it to you? Yeah. This man has no mask on. No protective gear. Oh, my gosh. Unless the brown shorts have some kind of antiviral coating that I don't know about. They definitely do. They definitely do. Oh, okay. Good. Good. But, like, you know, so obviously now I'm like, well, he's definitely got to want me to sign something. Why else would he do this? You know? And instead he's just... Sounds like he's going against all... Yeah company protocol Exa- right now exactly like he's going rogue yes! exactly and then instead he's like instead he's just like uh gordon and i'm like yeah he's like all right thanks see ya and just walks off and i was just like what? wait what what the i've been virus bombed <laughs> like what's going on here bro how many people do you see in a day like a thousand Come on! Jeez. What are you doing to me? Like, I was just like, that's all you needed? And I mean, I know, Dave, I can request them to leave it at the door, you know? That's a fact. I could have been one mm-hmm. of those people that just yelled out of my door like, leave it at the door! What? You know, I could have been that person, but like, I, I felt weird. Right. I felt weird doing He He peer pressured me into opening the door with his look. I was like, I gotta... Now I gotta open it. Like, but honestly, shouldn't leaving at the door still be default? Shouldn't shouldn't that be the right, default? Right. Like, I mean So true. Wouldn't that just make the drivers and the customers safer? Like, I mean if you don't need if you don't need a signature, you just drop it, you you go, and if you if you open the door while he's still there, he gives you a little wave and a little smile and Yeah, it keeps you know, walking. That's it. That's the exchange. Yeah, yeah, like and anybody anybody that's worried about your package being stolen, don't worry. Nobody wants to take your home gardening kit and toothpaste that you ordered off of Amazon. That's a fact. 
And if they right. and if they do right. want to steal that off your porch, who cares? Just call up Amazon and tell them you need a new package of gardening kit and toothpaste, and they'll send it. They literally have so much money, they'll do that. Like, have you ever done that? Hmm. Like, no. Uh, my brother did it actually, and he said it delivered and it didn't. And then, um, so he called and said, I didn't get it. They sent him a new PlayStation 4 controller. Yeah. And then, literally, like two weeks later, the one that he originally ordered. Yeah somehow came yeah. and was found. Yeah, they have so much stuff and money. They don't know what to do with it. So who cares? Like no. it doesn't matter. By the way, on that note, Jeff Bezos is worth 168 billion dollars. Jeez. 168 billion dollars. Dave, that's enough that he could give every person that's every single mother person in the world $24. Wow. Every person $24. <sighs> when you put it like that, that's pretty crazy. It's insane. Yes. Jeff Bezos could personally send a home gardening kit and toothpaste to every person in the world essentially is what I'm saying. He could do that and he still right. wouldn't be bankrupt. Dave, now that we've established I like contact contactless delivery and Jeff Bezos is a skinny Mr. Clean with more money than most countries. You want to fire up this show? <laughs> Let's fire it up. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Okay. No offense, I do like Mr. Clean. He's nice. It's, it's a, of course. He's, he's a nice dude. Everyone likes Mr. Clean. Keeps things sanitized. Uh, exactly. Dave, pretty exciting show we've got today. We've got the amazing Mr. Cody Jasper, lead singer of Moon Fever, coming on the show. There we go. We're going to talk all things happening Moon Fever. We're going to think uh, talk rock. We're going to talk brisket. That's right. He's been cooking some brisket recently. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, which I guess is like a must since he's from Texas. You know, he grew up in Texas. Mm -hmm. You have to. They do like their brisket. You have to make. You have to make brisket. But first, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Let's do it. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Okay. Um, this one pretty confident on. Uh, ninety-two point two percent. Wow. 92.2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Born June 24th, 1987 in Rosario, Argentina. Our birthday suit parents uh, work... Our birthday parents... Huh? Our birthday suit parents... You'll get, You'll get it. There we go. Jeez. What is this on a Wednesday? Come on. Get it together, Ben. Yeah! Uh, we're a steel factory manager and a magnet manufacturing workshop worker. Our birthday suit wearer loved playing soccer from a young age. He played with his older brothers and cousins. Both of his cousins ended up becoming professional soccer players. So true. He was very close to his grandmother, who sadly died when he was 11 years old. And ever since then, he has dedicated every single goal that he has scored to his grandmother. In 2001, the family moved to Barcelona, Spain, and he signed a deal with the Barcelona Soccer Club. In 2004, he became a Barcelona A-team player. 
He has made 477 appearances for the Barcelona team since then and scored 440 goals. Jeez. He's won the FIFA Golden Ball Award twice. He was named to the FIFA Pro World Team every year since 2007. And he was named as the IFFHS World's Best Playmaker four times. He's number 15. That is Lionel Messi. There we go. Lionel Messi. Yes. Yes. Woo. He's a baller. What an upbringing. I didn't realize that. Yeah, he's. Uh, I didn't mention it in the uh, in the birthday suit there, but he also had this interesting mm-hmm. thing where he had this issue uh, of uh, mm-hmm. growth problems, where he was actually given mm-hmm. growth hormone as a kid. Uh, for I can't remember what the wow. reason was, but he was like, I mean, he was mm-hmm. really undersized as a kid too, like mm-hmm. teeny. But uh, yeah, man, he was he was dedicated from a young age, and then they went to Barcelona because they had family there, and uh, mm-hmm. he just started dominating. That's right, he dominated. I mean, I mean, thirteen years on the pro world team in a row. Thirteen he years. He literally has a goal for every time he plays. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Uh, and also, you know, uh, side note for that, last year he was ranked the highest paid athlete in the world. Word. So, not bad. Side note. Not bad. <laughs> the whole world. <laughs> yeah, not bad. Well, it's usually for like the last like four years, it's basically been between him, Neymar, and uh, and uh, Chris, Ronaldo. Yeah, Ronaldo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those soccer players, when you get to the the they, ultimate status, when you get to the highest levels, yeah. you get some mad money. They'll, they'll literally pay anything. You get some mad money, man. And uh, Messi's oh, yeah. got some. So true. He's got some. And you know what? I got to give it up. Messi with the beard and the haircut he's got going mm-hmm. now looks good. That's a fact. I mean, literally good. You know, he There was those days where he had nothing in the long hair. Yeah. Not his not know. his best days. No. I mean, you know, he's not competing with Ronaldo. Ronaldo's just like some, you know, Roman god Stud. statue. Yeah. That's not really I mean, come on. Come on. That's just not fair. Right. But in the in the uh, realm of normal people, Messi's looking good now. <laughs> right. You know, right? He's looking normal. good. Yeah, Lionel Messi, man. Normal people worth hundreds of millions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not in the uh, not in the economic status, no, nope. or the athletic status, nope. or a lot of other things. But in looks, in the level right. of normal right. looks, that that level, thirty three, train to a trace. Yes. Happy birthday. Yes. Enjoy it, man. You've got some money to enjoy it. So enjoy it. Do that. Work. Do that. Okay. Dave, are you ready? We're going to rip some headlines. Let's rip it. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Okay. So our first story comes from marketwatch.com. Uh, Dave, we all know the hot commodity that hand sanitizer has become, am I right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, when we buy a hand sanitizer, we would like one uh, that's going to kill the virus that suddenly has popped up around the world, am I right? That's a fact. That That would be ideal. Yes. Now, an additional clause I would like to add to that last statement would be that it kills the virus 
without killing you. So true. Right? That would be mm. that'd be even better. That'd be uh, even better. I'm afraid to hear where this is going to go. Uh, uh, the FDA oh, apparently found nine hand sanitizers on the market that don't pass their threshold or the last clause that I just mentioned because they definitely will kill you. So, Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, so these nine hand sanitizers all included methanol. Methanol. Oh, now, if, okay. if you don't remember from your chemistry lab, uh, methanol is toxic. So true. Uh, if mm. it's absorbed, it will kill you. And uh, it can be absorbed through the skin. So, obviously, not good for hand sanitizers because you usually put it on your hands that have skin. God. That's a fact. So, you know, I'm just saying. Apparently, all nine hand sanitizers came from one company... That would be Esk Biochem in Mexico. Mm. And, I mean, I don't know if the publicist at Esk Biochem is going to try this, but, you know, I might come out and just be like, hey, guys, hey, we reached the number one objective. That methanol can kill the virus, all right? Now, we have <laughs> a minor defect in the fact that it can kill the person using it as well. Also the user. But we're working on it, all right? We'll get that one out. We'll we'll work it out. Don't worry. Not a big deal. So, in case you were wondering and you went to a store and saw an Esk Biochem hand sanitizer, probably don't buy it. Just saying. Nope. Probably don't buy it. You, I wonder, have you seen the, the, the uh, articles and stuff that have been talking about, like, the, the smell of hand sanitizer has changed mm. from, like, the start of, to the now? No. So, like, it, I, I didn't really, like, think anything of it. And then I was doing, I was spraying my hands one day right. at um, a restaurant. Yeah. And it smelled like cheap nasty tequila Ew. like i almost like smelled my hands and almost wanted to like vomit right there and right then and there well i mean you know I, obviously all of these have to be at least 60 percent ethanol i mean so i mean it makes sense i mean i guess i guess maybe they're doing not as much filtration of your of your to, different to alcohols so you get some weird smells you know some worse yeah. smells i don't know I don't mm -hmm. know. I, I mean, honestly, I've used almost no hand sanitizer through this pandemic. I just wash my hands every single time I go home, and I don't really ever leave home. So, you know, <laughs> it's there you there's, go. there's not really <laughs> too much of a use for hand sanitizer for me. But I will say, I will say the soap, uh, washing my hands constantly because I have such dry skin it starts like mm -hmm. I mean my my literally my skin starts peeling off at the bottom of my hands just Ew. because of how much I wash them. It's not good. It's right. not good. Yeah, Anyways, that sounds nasty. I derailed. Moving on, Dave. This is one of the weirdest stories of the week. Uh, it makes it it's it, it's so <laughs> ridiculous on so many levels. Uh, so this the story is from the New York Daily News. But it's about another source of news, the Tennessean. So true. Dave, the Tennessean. Mm -hmm. Have you ever um, read the Tennessean? Hmm. I have not. Well, it's, it's the biggest newspaper in the state of Tennessee, and it comes out of Nashville. Mm -hmm. 
And on Monday, they had a, a pretty embarrassing moment. Hmm. So Monday, they sold a full-page ad to this crazy far-right-wing group that put out an ad, uh, an ad that said Islam, that's Islam, not like a specific mm-hmm. group of Islamic terrorists, not like a Muslim extremist group, just Islam in general. Islam was going to detonate a nuclear device in Nashville, Tennessee. Wait, what? Oh my God. That was the message of the ad. Now, obviously, this is completely made up. There's not a single thing about that that's true in any way. Nope. Uh, so the mm-hmm. Tennessean had to come out and had some splaining to do. You know, they had to uh, yeah. give a little give a little notice about this. And on the same day, they announced that they had fired the manager who was overseeing those ads. Which, I mean, like, how bad are you not paying attention? To not notice that ad going to press. Hmm. Like, there is no excuse that that manager can make. Like, oh, I thought it was totally normal ad. Like, you obviously, for however long you've been working, if there, if you've been working for two years there, you have not seen a single ad that has gone through that paper. You have okayed everything if you let this ad get through. So... Just click, click, click. Yeah, through. looks good. We'll take the money. Let's put it in there. Sounds good. Second, this the is, card ran correctly. We're good. <laughs> Second, like, just this is so like when I read this, like I was like, who would even pay any attention to this? Islam. Hmm. All of Islam. Hmm. There are two billion Muslims in the world. <laughs> Did they all get a memo? Like, hey, guys, by the way, um, we got our hands on a bomb, and we're thinking about using it. Nope. Like, what? What? It's so, so dumb. So dumb. How would a religion even get their hands on a bomb? Why would they want one? The whole religion. Because secondly, what do any Muslims care about Nashville? What is in Nashville (laughs) that they care about? Like, or that they would hate so much. Are they extremely <laughs> against country music? Like, no. Nope. The only Muslims that care about Nashville are the 0.8% of the Nashville population that identify as being Muslim. So true. Who are no doubt now walking over to their neighbor's house being like, listen, I don't know what the neighbor's talking about. My religion is not trying to throw a nuclear bomb on Nashville. Just to let you know, we're not about that. Sorry. Like, yeah. No, come on, Tennessean. Weird. Come on. Okay, this next story, Dave, is from Uh, Mm MSN.com. So apparently last week, Swiss authorities let folks know they're looking for the owner of $190,000 worth of gold bars Mm. that were left on a train. Yeah. I wonder how much a gold bar is worth. Well, uh, I, I did. I did the. Uh, I, 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 what? I did some calculations. Word. However mm-hmm. many bars, like I don't know how much one bar weighs, but it'd be about ten pounds worth of gold. Jeez. One hundred ninety thousand is ten pounds. Is worth? around. I mean, fluctuation in gold okay. prices, everything like that. So 
Okay, so we're, I would imagine one of those bars is um, a pound or two. Yeah, I would say it's probably like a, a maybe, maybe, might be a kilogram, maybe, somewhere like that. Okay, you know? okay, kilogram, 2.2, okay. So, like, we're looking at maybe, like, five bars, maybe, hmm. or four? Yeah. Something like that? I don't yeah. know. Anyways, anyways, all conjecture, folks. Follow up. I'm going to find out how much a gold bar weighs. There you go. There you go. Boom. And it's coming. Let's go. It's coming. Uh, anyways, so the bars were found on a Federal Railways train in a town about 55 miles east of Zurich. They found these bars like eight months ago, but apparently they like didn't mm. want to get the word out. They wanted to try to find secretly, you know, where these bars had right. come from, and they, they couldn't find anything. No clues. Mm -hmm. Had no idea where they came from. So... A uh, local prosecutor office in Lucerne said the owner of the gold bars has five years to come forward and prove ownership. And a spokesman for the prosecutor's office said this past Monday uh, that no one has made a claim yet. Uh, now, Dave, I will say here and now, if the prosecutors have absolutely zero follow-up questions and will take my word at face value, then yes. Those gold bars are totally mine. Wait, what? Uh, They're definitely yours. You, you told me about your gold <laughs> bars before. Dis disregard the fact that I've never been to Switzerland. Nope. And I definitely wasn't there in October. Nope. That's aside from the point. Yeah! Those gold bars, definitely mine. <laughs> but, like, honestly, though, I thought about it. Who forgets 10 pounds of gold on a train? Like, honest. Like, right. in an honest manner, who's going to come forward and be like, oh, man. Totally. I just left those on there. I always travel with 10 pounds of gold because who knows when you're going to be uh, taken capture by some 16th century pirates. So right. you got to pay them <laughs> off, obviously, somehow. And I started thinking. You got to be prepared. I started thinking about it, Dave. Obviously, this is this is part of some seedy drop-off deal. Word. You know, mm. some kind of illegal transaction. The dude was like, I'm going to get oh. in the federal railway station leaving east out of Zurich. I'll be in cabin E8. I'm going to leave the bars in the coat closet. And before the guy could pick oh, up the bars, the authorities smart. found them first, you know? Oh, shoot. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Now, now, obviously, now that they've been found by the authorities, do you think the guy wants to come forward to the authorities and explain that he was paid $190,000 in gold bars to put rat poison in a ferret's food bowl? No. Wait, don't what? Do that. That, that makes much more sense now. Yeah. In this imaginary scene, by the way, Dave, I'm imagining that a guy hired another dude to kill his mm -hmm. boss's pet ferret. In hopes that the oh. the boss would get so depressed that he'd quit his job, and then that guy would get his boss's job. That was my wow. Yeah, it's an intricate idea, but that's what it came from. Yeah, that's a fact. But anyways, if you have lost one hundred ninety thousand dollars of gold, um, Switzerland has it. So go go talk to them. Talk to them about it. So true, Dave. Uh, this next uh, story here. This one lit a fire under me, Dave. Word. For several Word. reasons. I was I was very offended by this story. So, uh, this story comes from Daily Mail. And apparently, a study was performed by the College of Veterinary Medicine at Colorado State. Hmm. So, this study was that they showed straight women between the ages of 18 to 24 two pictures of prospective dates 
these two men, mm-hmm. and the men looked very similar. They had dark hair. They wore blue button-down shirt, and they were against the same background. The difference was one man was holding a cat while posing, and the other was just by themselves. Not a dog. No, they were just posing, oh. just by themselves, right? And obviously, after the pictures were displayed, they rated the men on the attributes, including perceived personality, masculinity, dateability, and whether they would consider going out with this person for a short-term or long-term relationship. Hmm. The study found that women perceived the man holding the cat as less masculine and ultimately less dateable Lame. Uh, in both short-term and mm. long-term relationships. Now, first of all, Dave, I have to say, hey, Colorado State Veterinarian School, what the f***? I thought you wanted to help animals, all right? All your, all your That's not going to help anyone yeah. adopt some cats. Yeah, all you're <laughs> doing in this study is making cats look bad and people shouldn't adopt them. What are you doing, man? Plus, not to get science-y, Dave, Word. but the study's flawed, okay? They didn't have any sham group in the study. Nope. Okay. Odds are, ladies just don't like dudes holding anything in their pictures because it looks f- weird, right? Like, I mean, like, Preach. like what, what if the dude was holding a tennis racket? Ew. I'm pretty sure the ladies would be like, yeah, let's not go with Federer over there. I'm going to choose that. No, man. Like, like, come on. If it... If they would have, if they would have held some puppies in comparison, though, no, that would increase it's, it's dateability. It's just weird either way. Like, I mean, what if the dude's holding a cockatoo? Wait, what? Like, I'm pretty sure that would freak that out ladies more than a cat. <laughs> like, they'd be like, uh, "That's is that a cockatoo? Yeah, it's friendly. Where'd you even get one of those? Friendly. Like, I mean, second of all." They didn't control for how many cat-liking ladies they had in this group. Nope. And they asked these women whether they like animals with a binary yes or no. Blam. Like, I mean, who's just going to say, no, I don't like animals? animals. (laughs) Like, then you've got a survey full of psychopaths. No, I hate animals. It's like, well, well, this sample size sucked. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to date you anyways if you don't like animals, you weirdo. Nope. And then, like, and you need to make it scalar. Like, you need to make it one to ten. How much do you like animals? Because hmm. I guarantee, if you yeah. got a group of eight to ten on that scale of ladies, they'd be jazzed. It becomes hotter. Yeah, you get a yeah. Of swiping rights right there. They'd <laughs> be all over it. Just like, oh my God, is that a tabby cat? Yeah, I'm all for that. Let's get in there. Like, come on, Dave. Just such a flawed study. Made me upset. Get yeah. your act together, you, you Colorado. Re- you need to redo that one. Get your act together, Colorado State. Unnecessary. Okay, Dave, we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back. But first, we are going to hear from Moon Fever. This right here is Fever by Moon Fever on the Doc G Show.
And we are back yes. here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Dave. Guys, real quick, while you're listening, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a minute. Here's mm-hmm. what you're going to do. Go on your podcast downloading app. Bingo. Download the Doc G Show. Yeah. Give us a five-star rating. Mm-hmm. Do it. Amen. 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 You can go follow us on Instagram yep. at Doc G Show. Yeah. You can go on the website, www.thedocgshow.com or docgshow.com, whatever you feel like putting in. Mm-hmm. He has both. Mm-hmm. So true. And then, um, yeah, go look at the cool stuff we got on there. We got videos from when people have come into the studio. Yeah. Uh, we got a couple bands on there. Uh-huh. And uh, pics and bios and the schedule yep. is up to date finally. Yeah. So... It's all good. Doc did it. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, Dave, we need to we need to shower the praise on the listeners. Shout out. We need to we need to thank them with some shout outs here. Yell. I thought you said we need to shower them with some praise. We do. Did we say shower. I did. Okay, I was gonna say shower, but then I was like, Ew, that's no. They don't want to shower. No, they don't. No, this is a this is a shower of shout outs. Shout out. This is a shower of shout outs on these folks. Um, not a shower. No, definitely not. Uh, okay, so regulars. Uh, I crack myself up. Jacksonville, Florida. Everybody in the Duval, Duval of course. Out. Everywhere around the Duval Nation, we can put all those folks in there. I don't need to list them. I do every time, so I'm not gonna do they it. They know it. Columbia, South Carolina, the capital of South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, home of the Highlanders, Gainesville, Florida, home of the Gators, Mountain View, California, our West Coast connection, Charleston, South Carolina, Roanoke, Virginia, the Star City, Barcelona, Spain, shout out to our internationals there, Ashburn, Virginia, Doc G is loved in their state. Okay? That's what it is. It's Doc G lovers right there. Uh, Peoria, Illinois. Shout out to our Land of Lincoln fans. Madison, Tennessee. Shout out to those folks. Kenner, Louisiana. Shout out to New Orleans and the surrounding area. Shout out to Boardman, Oregon. Shout out to London. United Kingdom, all over London, everywhere there as well. All the all the hot spots. Orlando, Florida. We're now putting you in regulars. You've been there. You've been there enough. We're putting you in regulars, Orlando. There you go. Of course, Dublin coming through with the hotness this week. Hotness. Mm. Almost, they've al- they almost reached. They were getting. They were getting in the top five of highest cities. Highest cities. Well, yeah. Mm. Now, remember, my deal is if they have more listens than the United States, then we got to go there. So they still got right. a lot of climbing to do, but they're getting there. You keep going, Dublin. I have faith in them. You keep going. Yes. Uh, also, lastly, shout out to uh, Winfield, West Virginia. There we go. Regulars. Regulars. Ooh. Okay. Semi regulars, Dave. Here we go. Uh, Bristol, Virginia. Shout out to Bristol. The origins of country music. 
Shout out to oh. Atlanta, Georgia. Hot Atlanta. There we go. Getting back Boom. into that regularity with Atlanta. I like it. Come on back. Yeah. Miami, Florida, 305. Shout out to them. Shout hey, out. here's one we haven't heard for from a while here, Dave. Lil France. Shout out. Lil France is oh, back. Lil, Lil France. Yeah. Lil Francais. A Francais. Yes. I am horrible. Probably the worst language I can be Wait, is what? at French. <laughs> I am horrible right. at French. Just all of their pronunciations so bad. This so doesn't bad. doesn't make sense. No, like, and I don't get it because it's a romantic language like Spanish. And I'm like, Spanish I get. Those accents are okay, but like I try to say something in French and it just comes out just so moronic. Blame. I'm just so dumb <laughs> when it comes to French. Anyways. Shout out to Lil France. Thank you for listening. Uh, Los Angeles, California, City of Angels. Shout out to Los Angeles. Shout out. Shout out to Hamburg, Germany. Back in the semi-regulars doing their thing. Shout out. Uh, shout out to Fort Lauderdale, right beside Miami. Shout, shout out. out to Phoenix, Arizona. Shout out. Getting that Arizona love, and I appreciate it. I appreciate we, we it. We like it. Uh, for the third week, I think, in a ro row, Brighton. United Kingdom coming in hard. Shout coming out. in hard again. Okay, Thank you, Brighton. Brighton. I like it. And lastly on the semi-regulars, Columbus, Georgia. Shout out to Columbus. Okay. Shout out. Newcomers, Dave. Newcomers. Okay. Two newcomers. We got one international, one domestic. So here we go. Here's the domestic. San Leandro, California. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Just south of Oakland. We're still in that All bay. Right. We're still in that bay living. Uh, now, something interesting about San Leandro: the fourth biggest employer in San Leandro, Ghirardelli Chocolate. Sweet. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You ever gotten down on we some, love Ghirardelli? some Ghirardelli? Who hasn't? Yeah. I like getting their. You gotta get the caramel. I the like caramel to, stuff. I like to get their prepackaged brownies, man. That's a fact. like you know the the well like the 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 package to make the brownies. Oh man. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Make that, a, their mix. Yeah. Oh, yes. Mmm. Mm. That's some good stuff. If you right don't there. get that, you're wrong. Yes. Yes. The correct. Amen. Correct, Dave. Amen. Um. Also, side note about uh, San Leandro. I found this pretty funny. Um, I so I was looking on Wikipedia uh, on San Leandro, right? And you know, most of these cities like this have a, a notable people of the area of of you know mm -hmm. whatever city it is. And so I was looking at the mm -hmm. notable people of San Leandro, and uh, the first on the list was Stuart Alexander. Mm. You know, because it's uh, in alphabetical order. So Alex mm -hmm. Alexander, um, and beside mm. his name gives the description of what he's notable for, right? Mm -hmm. And it says, sausage maker and mass murderer. Wait, what? Oh, wow. Which, now, which, what sa a combo. which sadly, it does perfectly describe Stuart Alexander because he owned a sausage making factory and he killed people. So, <laughs> you know, but like, I was like, what a, like a horrible headstone. Like, quick, yeah. give me two things that best describe this guy. Uh, sausage maker and murderer? Yeah, that sounds good. All right, let's go with that. Like, man. And then, last thing I'll say about that. Shouldn't murderer come first before sausage making? Hmm. Like, 
Was his sausage making? What he should he be more ne- known for? Yeah, was like, like a sausage, sausage making, making so legendary. impressive that they were like, you know what, murderous behavior comes second. That comes after yep. the sausage. Yep. Like, just saying. Anyways, that derailed me from San Leandro. Thank you, San Leandro, for listening. Shout out. Okay, Dave, are you ready for the second newcomer? I'm ready. La Rinconada, Spain. Shout out. Yes. Yes. Now, uh, this is another one, Dave, that you could technically say we've already had. um, Mm -hmm. Because La Rinconada is... A, mu- a municipality right outside of Sevilla, Spain. So okay. So we've already had yeah, Sevilla. I feel like we just recently had Sevilla. Yeah, we did. We did. So mm-hmm. you know, maybe maybe it's the same people. Maybe they just like took a trip outside. You know, outside the city. Right. Who knows? But um, I was pretty impressed. Five star hotel in La Rinconada, hundred thirty two dollars. It's a pretty good price. I mean, for a five-star hotel? Come on now. I know. I'm thinking, f- man, like, oh. gosh, you just have to get your flight over there, and you're, exactly. you're like a king. Exactly. Now, while you're staying at your five-star hotel, apparently, La Rinconada has one of the biggest rose gardens in the world. Sweet. So there you go. You can hang in go La Rinconada. Pick a couple of those and yeah. bring them home. Exactly. I don't know how long they'll last. You might want to sear the stems. That really helps you keep them for longer. Just a little oh, side note from Florist for you there. Um, anyways, okay, Dave. Uh, thank you for all the listens, everybody. We definitely appreciate it. Couldn't do it without you guys. Well, we could. Just nobody would be listening. That's a fact. You know, mm-hmm. then it'd just be us talking to a wall, and that wouldn't be nearly as fun. So, so true. couldn't do it without you guys. Thank you. Uh, okay, Dave. We got two leftover stories from Rip from the headlines. Alrighty. This is a semi-local one here. This one comes from the uh, Sun Sentinel, South Florida here. Uh, so, you know, because of COVID, uh, people are especially worried about the cleanliness of the restaurants they eat at, you know, how food, mm-hmm. how, how their food is prepared. People are looking out for that, right? Right. Well, apparently, uh, Pizza Place in Palm Beach... They, they didn't really get that memo. Hmm. They uh, they didn't really get that one. So the state Uh-oh. health inspector showed up to Pizza Mambo and handed the restaurant 27 different violations, Jeez. temporarily closing Jeez. the restaurant. Now, the biggest among those violations, or I guess the most noteworthy, was they found a frozen dead... 80-pound iguana in the freezer in the kitchen. Wow. Now, uh, when when asked why would you have an 80-pound iguana in the freezer, uh, an employee told the South Florida Sun Sentinel the iguana was given to the owner of the restaurant as a personal gift for later consumption. Word. God. Yeah, I mean, no offense to whoever got this 80-pound iguana for the owner of this restaurant, but that's a gift. So true. Like, I mean... <laughs> I mean, it could be a delicacy anywhere. Well, I mean, I get Who it. Knows? I get it that it's a huge iguana, but, like, if you want an iguana in South Florida, they're literally everywhere. Yes! Yeah, the, you could just go outside any door. They're like squirrels everywhere else in the country. 
Like that's a good good call there. I mean, if I show up to your house, Dave, with like a fifteen pound dead chicken, not feathered or cleaned, like that's not a gift to you. You're gonna be like, what the hell gonna do with this chicken? Like, I don't want this thing. That's the same deal. Like, I just gave you an eighty pound iguana that you got to prepare, and you could just go out and get a smaller one and not have to prepare all that meat. Come on, man a bad gift now honestly i gotta say if it was just the iguana that wouldn't be that bad for me like for the health code violations i wouldn't really care i mean it's just yeah but it's the 26 other ones yeah well so then with the other ones you apparently they found uh, roaches on uh, a paper towel dispenser yummy roaches are gonna sort of ruin my meal Fun fact about that, I won't name the sandwich shop in Columbia that I, I like because I, I actually enjoy eating there. You still go there. <laughs> of course. Yes! Um, but like I went there one time and I got a sandwich and this place is open in like 24 hours a day. Uh, and uh-huh. I went there and it was like 2.30 in the morning and I got my favorite sa- uh, sandwich and they put it on the table uh-huh. and they're ringing it up and literally as they're ringing the sandwich up, a roach runs right in front of the sandwich and then under the cash register. Wait, what? And the guy just looks at me, he's like, this one's for free, man. And I was like, cool, thanks, all right. <laughs> just walk <laughs> off. Uh, so, you know, I, I can almost handle oh, that's that. awesome. But then the, the, the second thing that got me on Mambo Pizza here, uh, or was it Mambo? Yeah, Pizza Mambo, was that they found mold-like growth on some of the food as well. Ew. Eh. Uh, no. Those all combined, that's eh, a deal breaker. You're going to have to... You're going to have to fix those. You're going to have to fix them, Mambo. Okay, last story, Dave. Um, you better believe for the last story. It's a world record. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. And not only that, Dave, it's not by David Rush. Nope. We're talking, we're talking a world record that wasn't really pointless and is actually pretty impressive. Wait, what? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Impressive, meaningful world record. Yeah, so this uh, this world record comes to us courtesy by Ben Miles. Ben Miles, who is uh, an owner of a restaurant on the island of Majorca in Spain. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben is a big believer of a healthy planet. Um, so mm-hmm. on International Environmental Day... Ben wanted to bring awareness to environmental causes. So, he decided to raise money for environmental causes by telling folks to donate money. He was going to break a world record. And he was going to break mm-hmm. a world record for longest time riding on a stationary bike while keeping at least a speed of 12 miles per hour. That's right. So every five hours, he was allowed a break of 20 minutes to change clothes and do anything else he needed. If he needed to, you know, try to take a nap in 20 minutes or whatever, right? Or use the restroom. Yeah, or use the bathroom. So uh, how long do you think he went? Hmm. Um, you said he did five-hour breaks. No, no, 20-minute break every five hours. Or five-hour five increments, 20-minute breaks. I'm going to say he went for 43 hours yeah yeah that's that's something i would have thought as well he went 297 hours jeez 
297 hours. Over so he 12 went like, days. Over wow. 12 days he did this. That is so impressive. Yes. Yes. And bare minimum. Bare minimum, right? If he went the, the minimum of 12 miles per hour, that means he mm -hmm. still almost rode 3,600 miles. Jeez. Wow. That means, to wow. put it put it in perspective for the listeners, that means if he started here in Jacksonville, he could have rode all the way to San Diego and then from San Diego back to Austin, Texas in less than two weeks. Girl, come on! Yeah. Man. Yeah. Oh, so how much break time did he have? That's interesting, too. I mean... I'm just thinking, like, how he didn't have, like, an, all that lactic acid buildup and, like, not be able to go. Well, no doubt he was like, going below his lactate threshold. He wasn't going at a high enough it's intensity to build it up. So he was burning predominantly fat. He was probably fat. at, like, 60% of his VO2 max. I don't mean to get all scientific on you listeners, but... Yeah. That's, I mean, he, he definitely would just think 12 miles, you would think 12 miles per hour, like, I mean, that's, is, that's a real, that's some people's max. Well, yeah. If you're really out of shape. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Right. Um, I can, I can only imagine how sore his butt is after that. So true. I mean, oh man, he must've had a super cushion. 300 hours straight on a bike seat. You're worried about his butt. I'm worried about his Either one. <laughs> <laughs> Either one. I'm worried about both, man. Hats off to you, Ben. An impressive record for a good call. Yes. Nicely done. Nicely Do done. Do a little clap. A little clap yes. sound in there. Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. Dave, time for the uh, second birthday suit. Um, okay. I'm 99.8% on this one. Yeah. I think that may be the highest yet. I think so. It, you know, it's in your wheelhouse. It's a notable person. Pretty positive. Um, born in Cookville, Tennessee, June 24th, 1984. Our birthday suit wearer moved with his family to Roanoke, Virginia at a young age. Shout out to Roanoke, one of our regular listeners. Shout they should out. know who this is. Um, where he was very interested in basketball. He ended up playing for Cave Spring High School where he was named a McDonald's All-American and recruited by Duke. Hmm. At Duke, he was a All-ACC player all four years in college. Jeez. He was a consensus All-American for two of those years, and he was named ACC Player of the Year two years, his junior and senior year. In 2006, he was drafted 11th by the Orlando Magic, he was with the Magic for seven years before he was traded to the Los Angeles Clippers. Then in 2007, he was traded to the Philadelphia 76ers, where he averaged his highest points per game, 18.1 points per game, last year. And then he was traded to the New Orleans Pelicans. Name that birthday suit wearer. J.J. Redick. J.J. Redick is correct. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes. All right. My favorite. JJ, turn to the big 3-6, man. 3-6. I remember playing. Uh, we were man, both. I'm just surprised his, his career's lasted this long, man, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It took him a long time to adjust to uh, the NBA. Uh, he was right. not ready for that level of talent. Uh, you know, in, in college, they were great. 
he was great at moving without the ball. It was they were mm-hmm. great at getting him open, and obviously he was amazing at shooting. So he was just a terror in college, and then he got to the NBA where you got to rely a little bit more on playmaking. And he yep. didn't have so much Gotta playmaking. Do more stuff with the ball. Didn't have so much of that when he started out, but I mean he got a lot better. I mean he actually it was impressive moves back in the day in uh, in L.A. when he was in the, with the L.A. Clippers. That's a fact. I remember yeah, Lob City was good for him. Fun fact: I remember back in the day when I was playing high school basketball, we were both in the Roanoke Timesland area. We played in the obviously. He was uh, much more uh, noted in the newspaper than I was, Dave. Uh, much more, <laughs> uh, as you could imagine, right? We were all we were all pretty excited uh, at one point because, like, three of us on our team were all in the Timesland leading free throw percentage uh, for for the area. Um, and yeah, he, he was, shot like a hundred percent. Well, he was first, yeah. And then after like three weeks, all of us dropped off. And he was still there. And we're like, oh, man. I wasn't close. Nope. People on my team were. I think it's Travis. Travis, Travis Reedy was the closest. He was the closest. Yes. He stayed on for a while. Shout out to Travis. Yeah, shout out to shout Travis. Out. He stayed on for a while. He actually stayed on for like half of the season in free throws. So, you know, he was averaging like 26 points a game, too. Travis was a stud. Nice. Stud. Anyways. Shout out to JJ Reddick turning the big three six. Happy birthday! Stop stealing all of our podcast listeners on your podcast. Give us some of those. That'd be nice. Thanks. Okay. Wait. What? Yeah, throw them this way. All right. We're gonna take a break. We will be right back with Cody Jasper of Moon of Fever right here on the Doc G Show. The Doc G Show because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are joined by a fantastic musician and lead singer from the band Moon Fever, Mr. Cody Jasper. Cody, how are you today? Hey, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Good, man. Now, now fun fact yeah. for the listeners... You were born in the great city where this show airs, Jacksonville, yes! smack dab in Riverside. Yes. Yeah, in Riverside, right like 0.2 miles away from uh, the Almond Brothers' house. Yeah, man. Yeah, so yeah. seeing as that, how that is the case, I'm going to give you a super hard question right off the bat here. If Moon River, or Moon Fever, <laughs> Moon River, Moon Fever could hop <laughs> into the Wayback Machine and open for Leonard Skinnerd, Almond Brothers, or Tom Petty, all Florida bands there. Which one would you choose? Ooh, that is a tough one. Wow. Oh. I, I, man, I would say Leonard Skinnerd only because they left the earth earlier than everyone else. Yeah, because if we open if we open up for Leonard Skinner, we probably would meet Almond Brothers and Tom Petty down the line. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, they're pretty close. They're pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and the original Skinner uh, band with everybody there, the original '70s Skinner. Yeah. So, so good. So good. Um, yeah. So let's see here. Uh, speaking of that, uh, Tom Petty as well. Is that where the name Moon oh. Fever came from? Was the full moon uh, fever? Yeah, 
Yeah, we're big. We're big Petty fans, but also our old manager worked with uh, Soundgarden for a while, uh-huh. and she was talking about we were we were uh, thinking about names, and she was telling us the story about uh, Chris Cornell uh, kind of being a little messed up, or I think he was, you know, he ate some magic stuff or something. Anyway, <laughs> he, was talk- he was talking about how he had moon fever. She was telling us this joke, and then mm. Mitch was like, "Moon." He was like, mm, "Moon fever." What nice. about that? We were like, and then I was like, hey, well, full moon fever from Petty. We can't do that. And they were like, what's like an ode to Petty? Yeah, we can. We're like, okay. Nice. We needed, a, we needed a cocky name that some people wouldn't like and some people would, you know. In combination. I like it, man. Yeah. Like it. Well, So you were born in Florida, but you grew up in Texas uh, near Amarillo. Uh, way up there, man. I forget how huge Texas is. It's insane. Like, oh, it's insane. Because like I was looking at, I was looking at the map, and I was like, "That's closer to Denver than it is Houston." Yes! Like it's closer. Yep. It's it's nuts. But you grew up with music in in your family. Uh, your great grandfather played guitar with Bob Wills, uh, king of Western swing. Uh, now, were there any other uh, musicians in your family? My older sister um, was. Uh, I mean, my uncle. Was a, a big Texas guy. He played with a lot of people. My old, but my older sister was like my main influence. She showed me like my first few songs. She was a rocker. Nice. She showed me uh, Deftones of My Own Summer. That was the first song I learned on guitar. Nice. So, nice. Now, yeah. Now, is she the one that introduced you to guitar as well, just playing guitar? Yeah, she used to play, and I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. You know, her <laughs> boyfriend would come over and like... He would be a cool rocker, dude. So I was like, you know, super into that. Yeah, nice. Now, so your dad... And then I just kind of... Yeah? Well, your dad took you to see uh, blues legend Johnny Reverb back when you were 15. And he convinced yeah. him to let you on stage. Tell us a little bit about that experience. Well, my dad, I was really into the blues. Well, actually, I worked at this restaurant... And next door was the was the place where they used to play. And I would sit out in the alley, and they would see me out in the alley. And they're like, "What are you doing out here in the alley?" You know, and I'm like, <laughs> "I love blues music and stuff." And my dad went to the gym with the drummer. Yeah. And so my dad would take me in when they had like when they had like a restaurant kind of gig that that he could bring me. And then yeah, eventually he just. He got me up there, and then they let me come. Then I started playing with them, like, full-time and Blues Boy Willie and stuff. Nice, man. Very yeah. nice. Well, now, speaking of legends, I heard in another interview that you actually got to meet Robert Plant. Can you can you tell, yes. us, tell us when that went down? Um, I had some friends in Austin that uh, uh, they worked for Google, and they, they lived in this house, and when, when Robert Plant moved into Austin, they... Uh, uh, he bought the house that their house was on. They bought oh. the property. It was like a guest house. And so they uh, were like, can we throw a party, you know, before we leave? And he, of course, him being Robert Plant, was like, yeah, sure. So they didn't watch us play, but I got to meet him while we were loading in. He was in the garden with, like, some bikini shorts on. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty epic. Nice. <laughs> Very tall. I did not know he was as tall as he was. Maybe it was also just he's, like, a rock god. Yeah. He, maybe seemed, like, he just a, seemed taller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. What, what's your favorite Zeppelin album? Man, I don't know, dude. All of them are so good. Yeah. Um, probably one or three. 
Nice. Wow. Led Zeppelin one or Led Zeppelin three. Yeah. You you alternate with. I was actually talking to a, a a guest just the other week about this, and they were saying three as well. And I said my favorite are two or four, two or four. Like oh. I I feel like four is cliche just because it has stairway, so people don't want to say it, but it's got stairway. Yeah. So you sort of yeah. gotta say it. Like it's. I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. So like yeah. it's it, you're it's so true though they're all so great man I I probably would have passed out if I would have seen Robert Plant and screamed and that, I almost did I literally <laughs> almost passed out I didn't really say anything yeah he was like oh you're the bloke playing in my backyard or whatever and I was just like what <laughs> <laughs> came out of my mouth and then you had to look at everybody <laughs> else and go what what did I just say well, no what happened? I was there I was there I was there early because I'm like we're playing at Robert Plant's house I'm I'm loading in like yeah. six hours before I'm supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> Got to scout this place out, see if I can find him. Yeah. Now, yep. and, I, and, and the people live there, so it was fine. Yeah. So I heard early in your career, you sort of had a a harder time straddling the genres. You you like the blues, <laughs> you like rock, you like country, but it was it was sort of along the lines of Shooter Jennings giving you some some idea of you don't really need to choose. A genre was that was that how it sort of you decided once you started performing on a regular basis? Yeah, my uh, I had a girlfriend at the time, and she was actually working for Shooter, so I got to like I got to hang out with him a lot, and, and uh, yeah, he kind of helped me. You know, I was a big Waylon fan because he's he's from about an hour from Amarillo. Yeah, and so I. Uh, um, yeah, I would just ask him about. I was he was big influence on me, but yeah, he was. I'd go see him play, and he'd be put on a borderline rock show, you know. Yeah, for sure, for and, sure. Uh, it was kind of like I just kind of just like I'm doing. I mean, it's kind of selfish to say like I mean, it's like I didn't become. I didn't start playing music to please everybody else. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You did and it. So to it do was your just art. like whatever I felt like. Whatever I felt like playing. Sometimes one year in my life, I wanted to do country. One year I wanted to do one thing for sure though I've never gotten away from rock and roll. Yeah, for sure. Never, and that's like with this new band. It's like I get to just we just get to be rock and roll, super <laughs> fun all the time. Well, yeah. So, so last year you're doing your solo stuff in St. Augustine, right down the right down the street from us, and then yep. you're you're doing uh you're you're doing your solo thing all over the country and you get a message from Mitch's old manager because she thought of you when Moon Fever needed and was looking for a singer. And I, I couldn't yeah. believe this. She saw you eight years ago and still had 12. you twelve years. Wow. Twelve, yeah. Man, you made an impression. That's impressive. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. It, and to all be fair, their old lead singer looked like I looked when I was 12 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> like he had, the, he had the same hair, so I could see where she was like, I I know who to call, I guess. Or she, <laughs> yeah, she messaged me on she messaged me on Facebook, and and uh, he, he, I flew out there, and here we are now. He, now we're now Mitch is going to Texas instead it, of me going to LA. Yeah. <laughs> you came you came in with a haircut, and they're like, oh, now you don't fit the description anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> Uh, well, I saw before you joined Moon Fever, you 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 know you're a shredder on the guitar, man. You have some Thanks, some man. posts that just insane licks. You were on an '80s Stratocaster, just 
just going to town. It was impressive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Thank you. Well, how how hard was it for you to not play the guitar in Moon Fever, or were you just happy to focus on singing? I mean, I was. I don't know. It's kind of like I get to do two different things. I, I I can't sing like I sing in Moon Fever if I'm playing guitar, you know? Yeah. And and I mean, I kind of started learning that when I like to play guitar, I just want to play like blues and funk and soul. Yeah. I mean, I love playing I love playing rock and roll too, but I mean, so it was like I got to like I got to be like, "All right, you know, you're talking about you mixing genres." It's like, "Oh, okay, I get to do like like two different jobs." Yeah. You know? Nice. I can get my rock and roll socks off over here. And I'm not gonna lie, setting the guitar down and jumping all over the stage doing the splits and stuff, singing is pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do not miss the guitar when I'm up there, but I mean, I mean, I play when I'm at home, and, and, yeah. and I'm gonna play. I'm gonna continue doing solo stuff. So it's like you know, nice. It's a good. You'll get a good a, fun. you'll get an outlet out. Nice. Yeah, and the guys that we play with, man, they're shredders too. We just for sure. It's just fun, man. It's just a rock band. I get to just sing and jump around. And, nice. And I don't have to load much stuff. So it's <laughs> great. That's always a benefit. Yes. Well, like you said, Moon Fever is out of L.A. And you've been there, uh, well, there several months now. And I always like to ask this of my guest. I'm a big food guy. That's right. And if I come out to L.A. and I call you up and I'm like, Cody, I've got one night in LA, what's the best meal you got for me? Where are you telling me to eat? Oh man, that's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, I would say I went to a place called Spago with our management team mm-hmm. and it was it was a Wolfgang Puck restaurant. Oh, I it saw that. You crazy. got to meet him. Yeah. Yeah, I had a, I was wearing a Ted Nugent T-shirt too, <laughs> and, Wrang, and and Wranglers, and just looking totally in place for Spago for sure. Hey, this is the yeah. this is the dress code, right? Cool. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Spago, I have to try it. I've heard good things actually. Um, well, speaking of that, I noticed on Instagram you personally made some pretty killer looking Texas brisket there. Say what? Uh, now, was that your first time making brisket? Yeah, that was my first time. I just kind of Googled it, and it turned out really good. I was about to say, it looked awesome, man. I didn't even get to use a real smoker. I had to use an electric grill, which is kind of like not okay to do in Texas, but... (laughs) (laughs) It still came out. You you know, I mean, the the magic... It looked real on Instagram, you know? know, It was good. Nice. I was impressed. Nice. Now, right before people started uh, quarantining for the the pandemic there, you guys got to play the whiskey uh, doing Ultimate Jam Night with the songs uh, of Def Leppard. Uh, How did that feel knowing, you know, getting to play at the whiskey? Was that your first time playing the whiskey or have you played there before? That was my first time. It was pretty, pretty epic, man. Yeah. it's a legendary venue, a lot of history, and it was packed, and it was like one of our first shows. It's just cool, man. You can feel the energy in the air. For sure. For sure. Well, I, you know, you were mentioning before, you know, the great perks of being the lead singer and getting to jump around on stage, and I, I gotta say, I was surprised with your flexibility, man. You were pulling some, pulling some moves there. I mean, almost... David Lee Roth in his heyday, you know? 
Yeah, it's it's it, it's uh kind of like what you got to do in this band. You got to <laughs> I don't know where the split came from. <laughs> I don't know where it came, but yeah, Dave, like you said, David Lee Roth is. I mean, this is kind of like it's just what's you know. Now I, mean, I don't know. Rock and roll, rock and roll do rock and roll is a powerful thing, man. If it can get me to do the split. I'm not very flexible. Well, I was about to say. Now, do you, have you worked on it uh, off the stage, or is it just improvised completely? Or do you every now and I'll then? I'll be honest. When I I've thought about working on it off the stage, but I'm serious. When like you got to be like in the mojo because like, yeah. I'm like I don't want to do that right now. I yeah. don't, I don't know. Because you just have to jump and just let your legs just go. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't pull something, man. You don't want to be yeah, up there. Yeah, don't pull something. That you got to be. I'm gonna work on it now. Okay. Now that I've talked about it. I need to work on it. Well, I was about to say it'd be bad if, like, I mean, you go up there and you just completely like tear a hamstring, and then you have to like hobble off stage because you can't move oh, anymore. That now would... I need to practice. Now you got to be worried. Now yeah. it's a, I might be cheating. <laughs> I was. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Let me knock okay. on some wood there we go there we yeah. go uh now after you auditioned uh you guys okay. you got like straight in to writing uh as far as the 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 material for the band and you've accumulated already like 20 some songs that you've recorded what can you tell me what's your favorite song so far that you guys as moon fever have recorded that you're just super super excited about oh man it's hard to pick we've got like you said we just did you know, 20 songs or something. It was, I don't know, man. We got, there's some that are like just balls to the wall, rock and roll. And mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know which one my favorite is right now. Nice. Because if it's my favorite, I burn it out and then I don't want to hear it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, for and sure. Because I listen to it way too much. But I think, um, we have a song called Do You Want Me that's pretty. I don't know, dude. I don't know what my favorite is. Hard to tell. Just depends on the day of the week. Nice. Well, I'm, I'm going. I'm going. Do you want me? I'm waiting for it to come yeah. out. I'm starring it. That's it. Now it's like a, it's almost. Our manager said it was kind of like Kiss. Ooh, good. That's nice. It's like Arctic Monkeys meets Kiss. Wow. That's 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 a. Yeah, I was about to say that's an amazing amazing description right there. Uh, now, uh, what are you guys? What are you thinking as far as the release for these? What What's the idea as far as releasing them? Is it going to be singles? Is it a full length album? Is it what's going to go on? Uh, we're doing singles for now. Um, the next one's going to be a song called "Shaking Off the Evil," mm -hmm. and that should be coming out probably in the next month. Nice. We got like two two music videos coming with it. Nice. Then we got a single called "Cheap Thrills." And that's just a rock and roll song about cheap thrills. Awesome. And um, yeah, and then I don't know. I bet we'll do a bunch more. I mean, I, I think the plan originally was like ten songs, and then drop ten singles, and then drop a ten song album. Oh, all right. Nice. Yeah, but I mean, we're playing it by ear right now, you know. Yeah, for sure. Well, now when you listen to music, what do you like listening on? Are you a are you a digital guy? Are you a CD guy? A vinyl? What do you like going with? Any way I can get it. Yeah, doesn't matter. Usually, dude. Usually, it's my headphones and my phone. Bluetooth, yeah, for or sure. a Bluetooth speaker at home. Yeah, I used to have a nice record player and all that stuff, but don't anymore. But hey, we're moving. Mitch has one and all a nice record, so there you we'll go. Be, we'll be throwing some vinyl down in Texas for the house, now, the Moon Fever Mansion. Now, is that an idea as far as Moon Fever too? That you wanna you wanna release a a vinyl? Is that is that on the oh, goal yeah. somewhere? Yeah. 
Definitely. We'll definitely have some 45s, too. Nice. Good. I like it. Yeah, now, now, now yeah. you guys recorded uh, with producer Jim Kaufman, uh, who's worked with a lot of great acts. Actually worked with friends of the show, The Black Moods. How was it working with Jim? Oh, it was great, man. Jim is a... We're actually we're actually driving to Jim's cabin in Sedona right now. Nice. I mean, after the interview, yeah, I was gonna stay the night with him in Sedona. Very. But nice. it was it, it was very cool working with Jim, man. He's uh, he means business. Yeah. He's very he's a very fun guy, but when he gets behind the desk, he's not afraid to put you in your place. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can hear Mitch laughing over here, but that is true. That is true. <laughs> Yeah, so. he's a great producer. Great producer, great, 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 got great gear. His engineer Ryan is, is also just a freaking prodigy, and uh, we're, I mean, that's the guy. That's that's our uh, that's our uh, team right now. So he doesn't. He's he, done more. He's done a lot more than produce and mix for us. I'll tell you that. True. No, nice. Now he he takes command when he gets there. Yeah, he's ready to go. I like it. I like it. Well, I noticed uh, about two weeks ago. You guys were at the Oriental Theater in Denver. What was going down there? Uh, we were shooting a live concert. So basically, we we went to the Oriental Theater and we hired a film crew and a sound guy and we put on a concert for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and we filmed it. So because we wanted to play really bad, it, it, it thought it'd be really cool to play in an empty venue like that. For sure, for sure. How'd it go? How'd you like it? It went, it went great. We had a great time. Very nice. Um, we didn't think about how we had to play the set like eight times in a day. We were pretty exhausted. <laughs> we, we're pretty tight now. Yeah, that definitely, I, I'd say that definitely helped out with practice, man. Getting, sh- shaking the, shaking the quarantine cobwebs off. Nice. Well, uh, last question. What, what are the, what are the plans for Moon Fever going forward in 2020? I mean, you guys are, are heading out now to, to Amarillo. What's what's going down? Um, we're moving into this house. We're gonna we got shows next week. We got three shows next week. So we're gonna be playing in Texas. We're gonna be coming to Florida because Florida's opening back up. We're pretty much gonna just be living in Texas, writing more songs and playing as many shows as we can. I like it, man. Anywhere anywhere they'll have us. Even like little bar gigs and stuff. We're like screw it. We just wanna just wanna know. play. Yeah. I like it, man. I like it. Taking it to the max. Moon Fever coming out strong in 2020. I like it. Hey, can I give a shout out? Because I know my friend's going to listen to this to uh, sure. Town, Brian, Brian Lightfoot out there in St. Augie. Nice. <laughs> nice. Shout out and to Jim DeVito at Retrophonic Studios. Very out. nice. All right. I like it when people bring their own shout outs. Well, yeah. Cody, I want to thank you for coming on the show, man. It's been fantastic. Thank you. Yes. Listeners, make sure you check out Moon Fever at moonfever.com or on Instagram at moonfeverofficial. Let's take a listen to the single by Moon Fever right here, Casanova, on the Doc G Show. Right on.
And we are back here on the Doc A G show. You just heard Moon Fever. Yeah. <laughs> Cody Jasper. Thanks for Cody uh, coming on the show. Fantastic. Yes, sir. Thank you. A, a Jacksonville original right there. Born in Riverside, man. Yeah, born in Riverside, the magic. I got to tell you, I love, I love Riverside. Every time I go down there and just walk around, it's so nice. Just you find something new. Yeah, especially like the. I mean, like I'm guessing the houses are different vibe. Crazy expensive uh, back there, but those big houses, mm-hmm. you know, after you pass oh, the hospital. Yeah. Oh man. I'm just like, the, these people are probably calling the cops on me right now because I look like some crazy homeless vagabond homeless walking through <laughs> their yard. But still, like, I'm just like, oh, man, it's so nice back here. Just gives me mm-hmm. such good vibes. So nice vibes. Anyways, anyways, I got derailed. Moon Fever, man, fantastic band. You guys need to check it out. Cody Jasper, a fantastic lead singer. That's right. Doing his thing. They're getting ready to release some new music. If you haven't streamed, haven't heard Casanova or Fever that we played, you need to check those out again, of course. You need to check those out again. And when they come through Jacksonville to play, once we get out of this whole COVID deal, they're going to stop by the studio. I just, That's what I just, talking about. I just proclaimed that they have not agreed to that. By the way, nope. so you know, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, yeah, listen to this the interview and be like, on. "What? <laughs> no, we didn't say that. We're not stopping by the studio, moron. Definitely yeah. not now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Anyways, thanks for Moon Fever coming on the show. We appreciate it. Okay, Dave, it's time. Third and last birthday suit. Now, this one, All right. for a lot of reasons, I'm pretty confident, but I'm also not. Hmm. It's like, it's it's a weird one. So, I went with 67.3. okay. 67.3. okay. Right. Uh, born, born in Brown County, Indiana, on June 24th, 1901. Not still alive. Not still alive. Nope. Our birthday suit wearer became interested in the young sport of basketball when he was young. By the way, basketball was only like uh, 15 years old. Yeah, it was like 15 years old when he first started (laughs) playing. That's crazy to think about. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's like weird, you know, for basketball. I mean, now basketball's been around for 130 years. But like at that time, it was literally like it, it, it started in 1891. And, you know, most people in the country probably didn't hear about it until, like, 1900. And so this kid's, mm-hmm. like, 1905, and he's already a huge fan. It's crazy. It's crazy. Anyways, so our birthday suit wear uh, played uh, guard in high school on the team. A two-time All-State player. Jeez. It's, quick. it's crazy, too, how wow. fast. It's crazy how fast they, like, made those things, you know? Like all like, like like it became a high school sport, and then yeah. there's the all state. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like all that stuff in a matter of less than like twenty years. It's nuts. Anyways, anyways, so he, it was all uh, all state after uh, after uh, high school. He was selected for a semi professional team, and was mm-hmm. a uh, player and manager of the Converse All Stars basketball team. He started working with Converse to sell the shoes in 1921. Hmm. Started Mm -hmm. going around the country putting on basketball clinics and selling Converse shoes. 
Interesting. Their number one shoe was named after our birthday suit wear after only a few years. And from 19... Chuck Taylors? Chuck Taylor is correct. Yes, indeed. Chuck Taylor. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, Chuck Taylor, man. He, uh, He worked for Converse until 1968. 1968. Uh, and the uh, Converse All-Star shoe, his shoe, was the official shoe of the Olympics team from 1936 to 1968. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. He was a salesman. I did not know that. Yeah, and he was inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame in 1968, the same year he retired from Converse. So true. Uh, wow. Sadly, he died one year after that, actually. But uh, oh, he he no. got he got to see himself in the uh, in the Hall of Fame. So that's Fame. that's pretty fantastic. That's a good way to cap it off, you know. Yeah, definitely, but he definitely. he he had a huge impact. Like he might not have been like the best player, but he had a huge impact because of those clinics. Like literally every single college coach knew him in the country, and like if somebody if somebody needed a a coach like if an if like an athletic director needed a basketball coach they would call mm-hmm. Chuck Taylor like first and be like hey who should who I get think? for this yeah wow yeah. so he was he was a big deal even though he wasn't like an actual all-star in the game but uh right. but yeah there he you must go have been a good talker i wonder wonder what his uh tactics were you well know? you know i mean i i think it was like he was a true believer in the in the product the, the shoe because yeah. of the the shoe the the first like sort of original chuck taylor didn't come out too far out after he had uh he had played in high school and that's what like well, and professional yeah, and and you know he and not only that, but he was definitely good at fundamentals. So like those clinics, mm-hmm. he could definitely show it off and be like, "Listen, look at how much easier it is to play in these shoes," you know. Mm-hmm. And like back then, those were like some of the only shoes that had rubber and canvas. Like those two things were uh, like yeah. high technology at the time. They're like, Other "Holy shoes crap!" Would be like leather and stuff. I Look would, at this. These guys are playing in space shoes over here. This is insane. <laughs> like you know. So now, now you put on Chuck Taylors to be that old school guy, uh, which yeah. I, I did play basketball in Chuck Taylors a couple times. Open gym. Good lord, I thought my feet were gonna break in half. Oh, oh man. man, I know no support. <laughs> rough man, rough. Anyways, happy birthday to Chuck Taylor. Would, yes, sir. Happy birthday, Chuck. Would have been his one one nineteen. One hundred and nineteenth there. Yeah. Born in nineteen oh one. Crazy. Long time ago. Anyways, Dave. You hadn't changed much since. No, no, it's been pretty much the same since uh since they started coming out with the all stars, for sure. For sure. Um, so true. Okay, Dave. It is time to tell you about the uh, fantastic guests we've got coming up. Got all kinds. This weekend on the Sunday Funday Show, Them Evils, very excited to have them back on the show. That's right. We're going to be talking about mm-hmm. uh, to Jordan Griffin. I've got a g- lot of great questions. Going to do a lightning round with him about questions about Them Evil tours. Say what? It's going to be good. Nice. I'm excited about it. Then next Wednesday, we've got Little Hurt. Very excited to have him on the show, the former lead singer of the Mowgli's. We're going to talk to him. It's going to be a good time. Colin Deedon. We're going to talk Kansas. We're going to talk Paul Rudd. 
We're going to talk all kinds of topics. It's going to be good stuff. That's what I'd like to hear. Then we've got The Wild from Canada coming on after that on uh, the next Sunday Fun Day show. Such a wild band. Yes! Such a wild band. Then yes! on Wednesday, the next Wednesday after that, we've got The Devil Makes Three. Such a prolific Ooh. Americana band there. The Devil Makes Three has been out for like the last 20 years. Uh, I mean, probably one of the most popular independent bands out there. Like, they've never been on a major record label, yet they've got mm -hmm. millions and millions and millions of streams on all of their songs. Crazy. Dang. Crazy. Those three, those three folks know how to do it. They know how to do it, and they're going to be on the Doc G show. I can't wait. It's going to be great, Dave. Yes, it's going to be Let's great. Go. But until next week i have been your host doc g with me as always the stuff that i said at the beginning dave burles berlin the stuff that he said at the beginning yes yes exactly it's it's all good stuff it's positive things until oh, yeah. until next yes yes amen until next week zip it up and zip it out so do you do that.